It's 11 o'clock here in the city. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, right here in West Edmonton Mall, or online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Brandon and I took a little walk down there yesterday and grabbed a nice little 20-bagger. I'm wondering if uh, it has since been cleaned out. I had some uh, remaining that I stashed in the fridge here in the studios. Two pieces left. Oh! Man, I should have ate more. People are hungry. A, there's a lot of mayhem going on in the Stingray that's building. That's true. Today, I, will, so. I will happily forfeit my remaining pieces to uh, Troy and everyone else working on the cleanup following the flood. I the, brought, great, the great flood of Leap Day 2024. Every four years, this building <laughs> has an issue in this exact spot. <laughs> and I brought Timbits. <laughs> I'm like, good news, guys. Timbits are like the building's flooded. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Uh, and you're just like, well, I tried. I, tr- I didn't know this happened. My apologies. On pajama day, it, it's a wild day here at the uh, Stingray Studios. If you'd like to text in and join the wildness, one 401 1440 That is the text line. Uh, today on the show, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on tonight in the NHL, the NBA. We've got a couple new interactive initiatives coming up here and uh, an event. So a whole lot to get to on the show today, of course, you can always email us as well, which isn't quite as common, but we did get a couple emails yesterday about people wanting to join our Fantasy Frenzy Baseball Rotisserie League. And that'll get going, well, obviously, once the season starts. So we've got, I think, three or four people that are confirmed locked in via the email, which blows my mind because not too many people like to email. But uh, if you'd like any more information on that, you can always text in. Uh, we're going to get that going shortly here, finalize the details, the buy-in. I think the plan is for it to be about 50 bucks to make it serious. And then we're going to pass that money on to a local charity for the most part. Now we'll handle any dues that come along with it. And then Brandon, we're also going to get going the March Madness Bracket Challenge. I don't know what you were officially going to call it here, but uh, that's pretty much what they are everywhere else. So the 1440 Fantasy Frenzy March Madness Bracket Challenge. That one, I think we're just going to make it very simple. A cheaper buy-in. Uh, We'll get a hat ready for the winner, maybe a few other things, and obviously give money to the charities because that's what we like to do here. That's what it's all about. That's that's really is what it's all about. And bragging rights because if you win that bracket challenge, uh, you're pretty awesome. I have never come close in the history of March Madness. I think because I know nothing, and sometimes I just guess based on like team names when it's like those smaller schools. And you're just hoping it's all about the mascots. Sometimes (laughs) Um, who is Providence? Their friar. That guy strikes the fear of God. No, like no pun intended, but like he's terrifying. Never believe in the trains, aka the Purdue Boilermakers. Although this year, tops probably going to be a top seed again. Is this the year? Uh, no. One win, maybe. One win for sure, for sure. They got that Gonzaga luck right now. Yeah. Um, no, I, I've I, I've I've been kind of doing the pool thing. Usually, just a group of friends, and then you, of course you automatically get entered in the the general pool. Like I think we usually have in the past, if you use like ESPN or Yahoo, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, and I've won my group pool before, only once, because it is just a crapshoot. Like basically, if you can get the national champion right, that's like because obviously it's. That each round the points are worth more. Like getting a first round matchup right is only worth like whatever. Just call it five. Yeah. Getting the national championship correct is worth like fifty. So 
it's uh, it's a tough game, but that, the nice thing is that, that pretty much everybody's on an even playing field because that's what makes it so great, so fun to watch is that it is madness and the upsets they are abound. Absolutely, one, sixteen over one, once ever. I love it. I mean, just you're just trying to keep up. Like the first couple of days are f- so fun, and obviously as you go along into the tournament, it heightens and obviously means a lot more and you're starting to see kind of the marquee teams and players or the Cinderella story. But those first couple of days where it's just games going nonstop and you're trying to keep up, there's a reason they call it the madness. Imagine and, uh, if Wembenyama was playing in college hoops. Which team would he have gone to? Duke. <laughs> NC, D- maybe? D- I don't know. I don't know. I, I could see him being a Jayhawk. Yeah. You know, just... Kansas- where, would you, where would you go? I'm I'm a big Kansas guy. Okay, uh, like um, their 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 facility there. I think it's in Manhattan, Kansas, is where they're located. Um, it's it's like the legendary place. But yeah, down at Chapel Hill for UNC, um, I would avoid Duke because Duke's kind of like the, like the the villain, right? The rich fundamental. Yeah, like school. Your, your classic, <laughs> your typical uh, prep school type guy that goes there, you know. And then you whether it's JJ Redick or Grayson Allen or one of the, like they're just natural villains. And Grayson Allen kicking and tripping people doesn't help the cause. But uh, I digress. Yeah, I, I think one of the one of those um, Christian Leitner. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's what, I mean, that documentary on him was unbelievable. It was awesome. Um, or maybe I'd uh, like if I was going now, like follow in the steps of you know maybe go to a smaller or not quite as. Uh, yearly contender type of a place. Uh, like if you had a favorite player, like maybe go to Davidson. Maybe go to San Diego yeah. State, right? Like Kawhi? Kawhi, right, yeah. And Steve Sir. Oh, Local there we product. go. Yeah. yeah, how about that? Yeah, it, it's an interesting one. Because like it, every, uh, Montana DeRise, he's got Kentucky. There you go, Kentucky, another, another, another blue blood. Is also. It, how funny, like all the teams that you consider blue bloods in college basketball, their colors are actually blue. Is that intentional? Like Duke, UNC, Kentucky, Kansas has blue. Who else is in the mix? What do you mean blue bloods? Like like a, like the schools that are like been the best teams for the eternity of time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you even look at Villanova's won a couple Nova, championships. There you go. Um, is Syracuse a blue blood? No, they're they're orange. And all, well, I know but they have that, a little blue. Actually. I know, but no, but like the the color's orange. But like, are they a are they a traditional blue blood college basketball team? Jim, Jim Beheim was there for a hundred years. I don't even know what this uh, this whole thing is. You don't? Are you not familiar with that expression, like a blue blood? I've never heard that. There's also a show on TV called Blue Bloods, and it's They're about like cops. it's cops, but it's like it's because it's generational, right? That's what like that's what the phrase expresses. Maybe I'll have to look up an actual definition because I feel like I'm doing a very poor job of explaining it to you. But I can't believe you haven't heard this before. No. No. Yeah. I mean, it's it's news to me. And then I thought you were just talking about colors. Like, no, I mean, Syracuse is, I think they've got some blue, but it's mostly orange. I was trying to think of colors. As soon as I type it in, the first thing that comes up is the show starring Tom Selleck as the dad. Donnie Wahlberg? Oh, my God. Shows, uh, that's one of those shows you watch five minutes, you're hooked because you have to see what happens, how do all the cases get solved. Um, someone asking here about Boilermaker. I believe it is a train, is it not? It is, it is a train. Like, it's the name of a train. Yeah. The Boilermaker. Greatest Boilermaker of all time, Drew Brees. Am I right? Probably. I think so. <laughs> we won't even get into that one. Um, Indiana, Hoosiers. Oh, that yeah. That comes in from They're, they're kind of almost on the outs now, though. Like, they're not as good anymore. 
They're they're not a they're not an annual contender for a national championship. No, I mean Ohio State had a couple really good runs, good teams, but I wouldn't put them in the class of the others. Michigan, Fab yeah. Five, never won. Yeah, L UNLV, the Rebels in the early nineties. I want to say they had some pretty good teams, some really good teams. College basketball blue bloods. <laughs> Maddie C says, "I'm at the mall for work, boys. Might do cruise by for a wave. Yeah, walk on by. We'll we'll always try to appreciate that." Tub guy says, "I think you're referring to blue chip. Are you referring no, to blue chip? I'm not. That's a different a blue chip prospect. That's like a is, can't it's miss. a can't miss blue bloods. And I, I'm sure the origin of the expression comes from what a couple people are saying. Like it's like, like royalty." Right, and so in in history, it's the reason why purple is considered a royal color because a lot of uh, nobility was a lot of inbreeding involved, and so then they would get hemophilia, and their skin would turn blue and purple. Uh, someone did say that in the text. Yeah, line, right. And so like that's, yeah, that's that, sh- I was like, what are you talking? I'm about? sure that's like, the origin of the formal expression. But uh, there is a full Wikipedia page called Blue Bloods in College Basketball, and I'm sure it's up for debate. Like, in women's, like, it's UConn, right? Like, no doubter. Yeah. They went, like, undefeated for, like, six years. Tennessee, I think, was a really good program on the women's side as well. Uh, So here we go. There's a debate which which team should be considered. Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, and UCLA, most often associated. Yeah. UConn has earned some consideration. Villanova. UCLA and Indiana sometimes excluded. Yeah. UCLA is a good one. Michigan State, which we just had a text in about that too. Tom Izzo, whose time I think is uh, maybe at the end <laughs> with Michigan State. But I was BB that said royalty inbreeding. And yeah. And so there you go. Okay. So there are some favorites, I guess, that you're going to participate in our uh, Sports 1440 March Madness bracket. Which if this conversation goes to prove anything, it's that we don't know anything. Uh, about college basketball or at least very little probably get a lot more insight listening to the basketball show on saturdays with paul sir mm-hmm. providing a lot of insight from everything from uh national champions being hosted right here at the savile center for uh women's hoops coming up next weekend pretty cool uh, all the way to the nba and everything in between including a lot of college basketball so tiger is a good point here says blue blood programs and basketball have gone by the wayside because good players are one and done and you don't have the same kind of program anymore i mean especially and then transfer portal yeah uh, it's nil money is going to probably change things up transfer portal has you know if <laughs> old hat list uh, old hat a uh, notion here transfer portals ruined college football and the the, the one and done has ruined college basketball has it ruined it no but i'm, sa- I'm <laughs> saying i'm saying you know, if you're if you're putting on your old man yells at cloud uh, glasses, that's how you see things. Yeah, like I, that's fair. I, I mean, it, it isn't the old fashioned way. It's not the way people grew up with it. But uh, you know, for the kids to give them an opportunity to move around and make some money, that's what it is. Husk says Declan knows a lot about college basketball. He does. He actually walked by wearing a sick 1440 graphite hat. Uh, Lance sending in an image. Ah uh, yes, about the Oilers. <laughs> uh, Zach Hyman. I guess we. I guess we could talk about the Oilers for a little bit here. I thought maybe maybe we'll bump that into the next segment. Uh, I do want to let people know though. This weekend, if you want to come out with uh, the boys, the crew, and hang out at the Edmonton Oil Kings game on Saturday night, uh, the game's actually going to be presented by Sports fourteen forty, and it is Ghostbusters night, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be in section one twenty six 
you can actually buy tickets for just $20 plus taxes that go along with that. And simply by sitting in our section, you're actually going to have a chance to get a tour of the Edmonton Oil Kings dressing room as well as the Hall of Fame room at Rogers Place. So the Oil Kings take on the Swift Current Broncos. It's going to be Ghostbuster night. We were there for Star Wars night. We presented that one as well. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but I loved the little references they did. Uh, they had the the players, you know, making their own sounds to the lightsaber scenes. Yeah. Wow. It was very funny. Can't wait to see what they've got in store for Ghostbusters because I love Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. It's the only, it's the only thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm pumped. I, I wasn't able to go to the uh, the Star Wars one due to some prior commitments, but... I'm pretty pumped for a exciting evening at Rogers Place. I think I might have a few uh, friends join us. Oh. Um, it is, uh, as we gave him a shout-out on the morning show, but my uh, friend Denton, born today, leap year baby. The big, it, the big Cebolla, which is the Ukrainian for onion. Uh, <laughs> I've never fact-checked Kevin on that, but I'm just taking his word for it. Uh, out from the, the area of Mundare and, uh, and region. So he'll be roping his way into the city here, taking some time off from the farm to maybe come to the game, then indulge in a few drinks afterwards maybe hit the town a little bit rip it up you yeah. only turn seven once exactly you got you got the ice house you got the the nino as you call it the nino you got uh, lots of things the place there. above ice house banquet i've never been but it's kind of like one of those arcade places maybe check that out on the rocks oh yeah had my first uh first foray into that world a few weeks back quick little rip down uh jasper Ave. cool spot uh shout out to dr wang he's in mexico hooked us up with some oilers tickets last night what a guy Gave them away to one of our listeners who took her kids, had a great time. The Edmonton Oilers were victorious. And you know what? That's where we're going to go next. But uh, if you want to come out to the Oil King game with us on Saturday night, you're like, hey, how, how, how do I do this? Just text in, and I'll send you the link. You can buy your tickets. We'd love to see you all down there. Like I said, chance to uh, get a tour inside the Oil King's room as well as the Hall of Fame room. And I'm going to talk to the Lord Commander, Marty Stevens, and see if he'll give me some more hats to give away as well. Always try to do that. St. Albert Kevin texting in. You got any more pools or contests coming up? Well, yeah, we got the baseball fantasy league we're going to start up. We've got the March Madness pool and then contests. Yeah, I mean, hey, maybe we'll we'll have to do something. Got to gotta keep it going. Maybe Saturday on the uh, Saturday sports setup, they'll let you know what's coming up. Maybe we'll do a, a score prediction contest on social media. I'll try to do a lot of those things. Montana DeRice says you guys should do an NHL playoff bracket challenge. Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a no-doubter. We'll be doing that for sure. Blue Blood's iconic counting sports if my second favorite to Chicago PD. Oh, of not counting sports. We're talking police dramas. I mean, Law & Order is the best. Dun-dun. Is Law & Order Toronto out yet? I'm not sure. I haven't seen ads for it for it feels like a lifetime. How many, like, stupid, stereotypical Canadian crimes are there going to be? Like, oh, someone stole the Zamboni. Oh, no, this guy drowned in maple syrup, eh? Uh, a polar bear. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it'd be kind of funny if that's what they do. This polar bear wandered down from Churchill. <laughs> uh, now I'm kind of hoping that's all that show is. Yeah, lean into it. Why not? Like Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Take the, um, oh, what's that show where they're in Minnesota? Oh, yeah. Uh, you haven't seen it. The movie. Fargo? Fargo. Like, take that and just that ramp North Dakota? it up. Uh, it's all over the place. I don't know. I just the city of Fargo's in North Dakota, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is. Whatever. No disrespect to those in North Dakota, but I, I feel like they and Minnesota similar accents. They get looped in with us, and it's funny because people always say like they when they imitate Canadian accents, they sound like Minnesotans. No offense. I've met people from Minnesota. A lot of them do sound like that, but 
we don't sound like that. Certain words, maybe the way we inflect and pronounce things, have a have a certain um, twinge to it that, that that's similar. But the Minnesotans sound more like Canadians than Canadians do. <laughs> I mean, I don't know too many Minnesotans. I got to meet a few over my travels with the with the old farmhouse fraternity over the years. Like true, it's it's another stereotype. Like salt of the earth people. Like you won't meet nicer guys and gals. I didn't meet many gals, but a couple guys. And one of them spent his spring break from the University of Minnesota to come to Edmonton and hang out with us for a week. Let's get down. Showed him a good time. (laughs) We're a lot of fun. Shout out Garneau Pub. Oh. RIP. RIP. Yes. Uh, Anyways, I hope that uh, Law & Order Toronto really just stereotypes us and really goes for it. I'm sure that'll go over totally fine. We'll take a break when we come back. We'll go in the inbox. We'll recap the Edmonton Oilers game last night. Big win. The captain did it when it mattered most, as we knew he would. We'll talk about that. We'll let you know what's coming up tonight in the NHL as well as the NBA. You are listening to Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, here on Sports 1440. It's 11-20, Fantasy Frenzy, here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. The show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Check them out online at wilhockbeefjerky.com. All right, now let's jump into the inbox. Let's do this for Tommy Guns. Our unique lounges and casual setting make it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada. Hands down, you can book now at TommyGuns.com. The inbox, 1-833-401-1440. We will get into the NHL and the Oilers and what's coming up tonight in a second here. But Lenny says, yes, Law & Order Toronto is out. Great show. First episode was about Mariner being kidnapped. No one cared. Uh, Signed Lenny. I think that's supposed to be Marner. And maybe it's a joke. Maybe it is not a fact (laughs) out yet. And this is all just a a tee up to himself. I thought of an actual Mariner. I mean, that's someone who's out in the Maritime. That's a Maritimer. Someone in Seattle. A Mariner is someone on the Marine. Well, there's... There's Marines in Toronto because it's on the lake. Maybe uh, J-Rod of the Seattle Mariners crossed into Vancouver and went missing. That wouldn't be in Toronto. Oh, yeah. It's not Law (laughs) & Order Canada, is it? That would be even better. Sorry. He's in playing the Jays, and he went missing. How about that? Sus. I I, I talked my way around it. I made it work. Gruff (laughs) says the polar bear was a Raptors fan in town for a game. It's well known that polar bears are huge association fans. I like these storylines that you could get out of Law & Order Canada. <laughs> There's probably a bunch of good ones. But even Lenny's, I thought for sure that was real. But then a Mariner, that was probably Marner. Anywho, more text coming in here. Dustin says, hey, gents, love the March Madness talk. And yes, I'm a Duke fan. May take some digging in, but in your opinion... Which college basketball school could you build the best starting lineup of current NBA players? For example, I'd put mine as Jason Tatum. This is Duke, of course. Kyrie Irving, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Paolo Van... <laughs> ben Gerald, the Texas keep coming in from Dustin. Zion Williamson. Sorry, I already got that one. Uh, RJ Barrett, Grayson Allen coming off the bench. What do you think? I think Kentucky and Kansas could be just as good. This is Dustin. Cheers. Jeez, that would actually take some some research to it, really it get into it. It would take some digging. Not uh, I know not everybody is quite. It's funny because I could probably do that with like um, junior hockey, like where guys played uh, in the CHL specifically. Maybe even not as much so recently, but when I was younger, that was like my bag. I was like a young Pierre Maguire. You just name a player, and I can tell you where he played uh, in the uh, O Q or Dub, and for how many years. 
Um, but yeah, this would take a little bit of research. I mean, yeah, your your blue bloods, once again, looping back, are going to be your best bets, especially more recently because of the one and done style thing. Like so many players just go to the best schools, play their single season, and then get drafted, right? So um, yeah, Duke Duke would be tough to compete with. Kentucky, but uh, just like Dustin said, I think Kentucky and Kansas be close. Who else went to San Diego State besides Kawhi? <laughs> Him and whoever else you get. Okay, just if you look at Kansas, who? Grady Dick, Joel Embiid, Quentin Grimes, Marcus Morris, Markeith Morris, Kelly Aubrey Jr., Andrew Wiggins. Good lineup. I don't think it quite compares with that list uh, from Duke players that Dustin just rolled off. And who was the other one we were talking about? Kansas? Kentucky. Kentucky. As I scroll through here, yeah, I mean, it's I, it's not going to compare to Duke. Bam. Devin Booker. Oh, Shy Gillis-Alexander. Yeah. Tyler Hero. Okay. Tyrese Maxey. Good player. Jamal Murray. Julius Randle. Okay. Carl Anthony Towns. We're competing, I think. That's a pretty good roster. Kentucky might be the one. We'd have to go back and maybe look at NC, but they haven't really had too much in the, the last little while, have they? I like that one, though. That's a, that's a really good one, Dustin. Bob says, unrelated but interested in playoff hockey pool and March Madness. Bob, we'll keep you up to date on uh, all those as they come. Uh, once we actually have the links, you can easily just text in and we'll be able to text you the link and you can just sign up. Um, let's get to the game last night though, Brandon, the Edmonton Oilers victorious over the St. Louis blues three to two from a fantasy perspective, Connor McDavid doing Connor McDavid things. It looked like it was going to be like the sixth straight game. He had no goals, but two assists. He gets the overtime winner game winning goals. That matters for you. Rob Thomas had one goal, one assist. Now just very quickly on the flip side, if you were watching the other game last night, Artemi Panarin was great for the Rangers. He had two goals, one helper and was plus three. The one downside to fantasy sports is you're never going to get rewarded for a play that uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins made on Robert Thomas in a 2-2 game shorthanded. Those hustle plays, reminiscent of DK Metcalf a couple years ago, and he busted his butt to get all the way back to stop a touchdown. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and I'm sure people have been giving him a lot of credit, but uh, the play he made last night to potentially get back and stop a goal was absolutely fantastic. Other Oilers to collect points on the evening. Of course, Nuge did have two helpers. Hyman, two goals, 40 on the season. Who would have thought? Thank you, Toronto. A common uh, message from Oilers fans whenever he scores a goal. Evan Bouchard had the helper, and uh, Matthias Ekholm also. Bouchard also, if you're in a league that collects penalty minutes, what a vicious takedown he had right to win the period in the second. Can't have stuff like that in the game. (laughs) It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Who did he take down? Sundquist? Yeah, I believe so. Big man. He, he could have slid into the boards and hurt himself very hard. Big men go down hard. <laughs> that was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I thought, like, Bouchard immediately was signaling dive, 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 and the refs just, no, sorry. Uh, but for the Edmonton Oilers, a great performance. Stuart Skinner between the pipes. Uh, you know, obviously great on the stat sheet when you make 32 saves on 34 shots, but timely saves. Like, when the Oilers needed a big safety made, Stuart Skinner was there to shut the door. They'll now turn their attention to Seattle, who they'll go to Seattle Saturday at 2 o'clock. So if you're paying attention uh, Saturday morning, you want a little pregame talk, we have the Saturday Sports set up on uh, 
Sports 1440, which gets going at 9 a.m. So we'll have some pregame coverage for that one. But, uh, Brandon, takeaways from the game last night for the Edmonton Oilers. Another game where, you know, although it wasn't the best start, they eventually shut it down defensively, hold the team to two goals or less. And, I mean, that's the formula for winning in the NHL. Yeah, the, the, the formula is not when you have a team on a back-to-back come out as limp and lackluster as the Oilers did. Like, I don't know. If you come out with that type of effort against a team that maybe isn't on a back-to-back and on a tough travel schedule from Winnipeg to Edmonton, um, you might find yourself in a much more than a 2 nothing hole. But after it was 2 nothing, Stuart Skinner was tremendous. I mean, he stopped a 2 on 0 um, at one point, you know, keep that game uh, in, this, in the spot that it was. The, the back check by RNH stands out. I'm still, I still just have concerns about the defensive structure effort sometimes because yeah, you see Nuge make a great back check on a play like that, but on the second goal, both uh, Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece below the goal line, kind of closing on one guy there, and it's a little frustrating because you actually see like Leon Dreisaitl was on um, the the Blues player and then kind of just like just didn't check him basically. So you know you can twist it and fit whatever narrative that you so choose. If you say CC sucks, if you say Nurse sucks, <laughs> if you say Leon has no effort, just that you can you can fit the tape to whatever one you want. I mean you're, you're going to give up goals against it. Breakdowns in defensive coverage happen, but I still just think that that is sometimes maybe a little more often and a little more egregious than you'd like to see. Because I think the only real difference between not real difference, but the team is not playing that much better defensively than they were back in the fall. Um, off the rush, they're a little bit better, I would say, but D zone wise, the difference is that they're getting the saves now. Mm-hmm. Like Stuart Skinner, you know, God love him. Both him and Jack Kendall could not stop a beach ball for that first you know, month or so of the season. Now, now he's asserted himself as uh, a de facto number one, like a guy that's kind of carried this team during certain stretches. So that that's the real difference I see from just that one little niche part of the game in terms of defensive zone coverage and and the propensity to break down and lose lose your coverage it, they're just getting saves now that bail them out more often than not so um a, a good win a gritty win and i think we <laughs> i can't believe Connor mcdave would still was still on the ice he'd been out there for what seemed like forever and you can even hear it in his post post game comments he was kind of saying like yeah, I kind of was was tired, and and the the so I can't remember who asked the question in the in the presser, but basically saying you can score, and he's like, "Well, yeah, there's nobody to pass to." So yeah, exactly. that's uh, a, a tough goal one. I think Bennington surely would want back, but it's it's a, a good effort by the Oilers, a, a gritty win where once again you battle back, but you can't keep putting yourself in holes early in the game. Um, it was the second period for a while. Now it kind of seems like it's right off the start of the game that they just don't have their legs ready to go. Yeah, I mean, and if you're Bennington, the St. Louis Blues, you're frustrated. Now you're five points back of the Nashville Predators and the LA Kings for that final wild card spot for the Oilers. Now jump up uh, just one point back of the Vegas Golden Knights. Some news for the Vegas Golden Knights. If you are a fan of the team or maybe a Jack Eichel in fantasy, he did return to the ice, non-contact jersey removed. So looks like he will be inching closer to uh, getting back out there. He, of course, has not played since January 11th. Actually, a pretty good game he had back then. What goal and an assist to the Bruins. And what are the odds? The Vegas Golden Knights tonight will take on the Boston Bruins in Boston. David Pasternak, we saw him here in town a little while ago. 85 points on the season. The Bruins right in the race for a top spot in their division. The Atlantic with the 
Florida Panthers tied at 82 games each. They do have a game in hand. Uh, the Boston Bruins overtime losses. They have 14 on the season. That puts them right up there with the New York Islanders as the top two teams when it comes to OTLs. Five less wins in the Panthers, but tied in the standings with a game in hand. So for Boston, they need a win. They could do the Oilers a massive favor if they're able to beat the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Fantasy-wise, I like that one. You got the Maple Leafs and Austin Matthews taking on his hometown team. The Coyotes, the Islanders in Detroit. Lightning host the Sabres, Canadians in Florida. Blue Jackets up against the Hurricanes. The Wild travel to Nashville. Stars take on the Jets. Avs in Chicago. Canucks battle the Kings and the Penguins up against the Kraken. Holy cow, there's a lot of games tonight. At 8.30, the Sharks will take on the Ducks. Brandon, this is a loaded question because there's so many options, but when you look at these games tonight, anything stand out as a maybe a line stack maybe for you if you're playing some daily fantasy? Uh, the, the, automatically, you look at, like you said, find some some good matchup situations just team-wise right off the hop, and, and the one staring you right in the face is the Carolina Hurricanes in Columbus to play the Blue Jackets. Columbus on a second of a back-to-back, losing to the Rangers. They're not a good team. Um, Hurricanes kind of really finding their stride. The, the tough thing with the Hurricanes might be in terms of a daily fantasy who to play because th- their offense is so balanced, right? And, and I mean, you've got your top-end guys of Ajo and, and Sveshnikov, um, uh, it, it, Marty Natchez uh, really coming on the last couple seasons. But they, they get a lot of depth scoring too. And and I would, if you're looking for maybe looking at some Carolina defensemen, uh, depending on price points, I don't have them in front of me right now. But that the, the Hurricanes stand out immediately um, and probably a team, if you're looking just at straight picking some games tonight, maybe a good bet to cover the puck line. Um, probably it's some plus money there. Uh, Am I crazy to say Vetrano and McTavish playing the San Jose Sharks? No, you're not because you. uh, Vetrano, we know we all know his propensity for shot props. McTavish has been very good this year. Like, the, Don't let the Ducks record fool you. They're a bad team, but they've had a couple good performances. The chemistry that looks like it's developing between McTavish and Troy Terry um, just signed that big extension. Uh, this past summer, McTavish almost certainly to follow suit in the near future. Who knows if Frank Vetrano is long for Anaheim? Uh, a lot of rumors he might even move at the deadline as a you know uh, a good player that can play up and down your lineup. He's got a you know bit of an edge to him, physical shooter, etc. But in the meantime, he he is still playing top minutes, top power play time with Anaheim. So take advantage of that. And yeah, the Sharks are as bad as it gets. They're a terrible hockey team. So um, looking for some offense uh, both ways because the Ducks defensively are no screaming. Uh, screaming hell either right so um, if you look around and maybe you see uh, probably some decently priced sharks to round out if you're kind of stacking some heavy players up top uh, those might be options for you for sure imitation tom says vetrano and mccowish are key pieces of my fantasy team they're i mean hey like yeah. i said fantasy not the same as uh, as real life and in real life this case we mean the anaheim duck mctavish and vetrano dynamite players and in some deeper leagues uh, like Pavel Minchikov he was out for a long stretch he's back in the lineup now I believe Cam Fowler is still uh, currently patrolling the top power play unit but they're they're not the Edmonton Oilers they don't send the first unit out there for the entire minute 50 seconds if the first unit get, isn't getting anything done they're they're making that change quickly so um, that's a younger guy who he like said if you're maybe in a dynasty or a keeper league you're looking to pick up later in the season if he's still available possibly because he he's had a great rookie season from the back end on once again a very bad hockey team so the uh yeah the, the, that matchup two bad teams going at it chance for a lot of offense and then i mean the the final one i'll touch on once again just strictly on matchup is the the colorado avalanche um like they're they're right like they're going to be competing for the number one seed maybe even the president's trophy depending uh if they can kind of catch a little bit of fire but the blackhawks probably a little bit of the the 
luster worn off from the the big celebration on Sunday, right? They are off for a couple days following that. I, I think the Blackhawks are probably due for a continuing downward spiral, if you want to call it that. So I'd uh, I'd like the Avalanche, your typical guys, like I said, spend big money on McKinnon um, and Rantanen, and then maybe sh- spend a few prettier pennies on some of these uh, lower lower type players, maybe on the Ducks or elsewhere. Text came in from Gordon D. Good morning, guys. Do you think that TNT does a better job than Sportsnet on hockey games? I'm the worst person to ask. Like, remember how how many people disliked Drew Romenda on the call? Yeah. I never really noticed. I never I, had a problem with him. When I watch games, I'm just kind of paying attention to the game. And I obviously, I like to hear the breakdown from Louie or like whoever's doing color analyst just to get their, their thoughts on it. But the, the whole play-by-play thing, I'm just watching the game. So that part I'm not exactly sure about. Uh, I, w- I wonder if he's alluding to maybe like the studio work and stuff well, too, though. Yeah, I mean Paul Bissonnette on a, alone is so funny. Like he brings entertainment. But you have value. to keep in mind, like TNT does one night of games a week, mm-hmm. right? So they can kind of really load it up. Whereas like Sportsnet, um, like the, like look, look at the game last night. The the panel they had that's not the same crew that's in there on Saturday night uh, hockey night in Canada. So yeah, you, you got to keep things like that in mind, right? That Sportsnet has a panel for every night of the week, and it is a bit of a rotating cast. But there's very few people that cover the game or, or present the game, whether it's at the intermission or as a, as a play-by-play or color commentator that I, that I actually don't like, like it takes something pretty special to get into. I don't like listening to this game. I'll switch the feed, put it on mute, something like that. It happens. There are, and like, this is a, a chalk answer, but Jack Edwards calling the Bruins games. Like I, I fully accept that there's a little bit of a uh, hometown bias in any broadcast. They're usually the person employing you. So, you, you, I mean, you know, you don't want to down talk to your boss, but Jack Edwards takes it to a whole nother level. And there's a couple other American ones that uh, I just, when I'm watching, you know, my Ducks games, uh, I just get whatever the home team feed is on Sportsnet Plus that uh, I'm just like, oh my God, this is, this is kind of tough listening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, preference. I mean, I like the Saturday night panel on Sportsnet. I think is great. BX, uh, I, I, I like his opinions. Yeah. I love Juice, um, Rudy. Yeah. Friedman, uh, Jen Botterill, who does work both on TNT and with Sportsnet. She was on last night uh, with Carolyn Cameron hosting. David Amber, of course, hosting on Saturday nights. Now, like that, that is as top tier as it gets. That like great um, variety of opinion, different insights from insiders, people that played the game in different ways, um, different eras. Rudy BX, etc. So yeah, I think Sportsnet does a great job. But yeah, I mean, like the the work TNT is doing to grow the game in the states. Uh, I think it's tremendous too. And, you know, just pick your poison on, on any given night. Thought uh, post game Ken Reed, Ivanka Osmak had some sick shoes on. I think they're the Reeboks. Reebok shoes. I, I'm a Nike guy, but Reebok is, uh, as of late, they've brought some good stuff out. Ivanka talking about, uh, I think her and, or I don't know if her and Kenny both play in it, but playing like a, a hockey league maybe mm-hmm. earlier in the day because they're obviously always working the night shift. But she, talking about her own personal game and if uh, maybe she could line up, uh, pot as many goals as Zach Hyman. <laughs> Good, good laugh. <laughs> and then rounded out with, yeah, I didn't fall down today, so that was a success. Go to the blue paint. That's all you – no, I shouldn't say that's all you got to do. He scored some really skill goals this year too, but the Hyman scoring in the blue paint, celebrating almost like in the TiVo stance on down on one knee last night. Absolutely classic. Uh, we'll take a break. That was the inbox brought to you by Tommy Guns. Check them out online at TommyGuns.com. Go get a sick fade. Get the head massage, a hot shave. It was a cool day. Go get a hot shave. Tell them we sent you. When we come back, we'll let you know what's coming up on the Jason Greger Show as well as the Lowdown with Low Tide. Declan's got the tweet out early, and uh, we'll get back into the inbox. Thank you guys for tuning in. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. 
It's 1142 Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, West Edmonton Mall, or online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. If you want to text in, 1833-401-1440. That is the text line. Coming up today on the Lowdown with Low Tide. Should be a fun one. As Declan says, the Oilers won last night. McDavid scored because he had no one to pass to. And Chris Tanev is off the table. At 12-20, Danny Austin. He covers the Calgary Flames as well as the Calgary Stampeders in the summer for the Calgary Sun. And Harold, the host of the Live from the 55 podcast, Danny Austin will be on at 12-20. And then... Bagged milk from better late than never. I do believe he and our good friend Nick Alberga had a Connor McDavid anytime goals last night, Brandon, because they were tweeting about it back and forth. And I slid in and said, it's coming. And then it happened. And I think Alberga also had him as the final goal scorer of the game too. So uh, maybe those guys, hopefully they're buying some coffees for the crew that they roll with because Connor McDavid cashed in for them. Cash it. That's what they say. Cash it. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I was uh, taking the night off from any action across the board. That's okay. Well, yeah. You weren't cooking up any 14-leggers? Well, only two games. I, but tonight's <laughs> more my speed, and I can uh, make a nice little 12-leg. Two games? Nah. Two games? Boring. <laughs> Snore. <laughs> I'll see if uh, Brett from Stoney wants to text me in another uh, 13-leg player prop parlay that I uh, said I would ride with him on, which I did. It did not win. Spoiler alert. Uh, but I actually went, like, there was 13 legs total, 13 props total, 12 leg technically because two of them were from the same game. But 13 legs, I think nine of them hit from what Brett sent in. So that's pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, on the same not night. Not good enough. Same night, I went nine of 10 just picking games uh, straight up. Actually, not even just straight up. A couple money line favorites, a couple underdogs, money line, a couple puck lines, a couple unders. So. That was really disheartening because the game that lost was the other night, Tampa losing to Philly. Like, how is Philly keeping this up? Man. Smoke and mirrors. And Tampa. Yeah. Are they washed? Uh, I'd say they're on the back nine. Kucherov, though, still good. Yeah. Oh, he's very good. They've got some very good players. Uh, to then, following the lowdown with low tide, we will have the Jason Greger show at 2 o'clock, which you can watch on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or you can listen to on iHeartRadio AM. The dial is always the classic way. Radio Player Canada. Tune in. Get the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Scotty Burnside will be by at 2.20 to talk some hockey. We'll also be joined by Kurt Hill, Edmonton Oil Kings general manager. Of course, it is Ghostbuster Night down at Rogers Place on Saturday, presented by Sports 1440. Tickets are only $20, and if you get into Section 126 with us, you'll have a chance to check out the Oil Kings dressing room as well as the Hall of Fame room. You get a tour. Uh, if you want to go to that game, obviously Ticketmaster works, but you can also text into us, and I can send you the direct link. Very simple. Also on the show with Gregor Terry Ryan. Star of Shorzy, former NHLer, best-selling author, will be a co-hosting from 3 until 5 o'clock. We'll have Colin Livingston for the Cantor Grace Report. Mike Rupp, Stanley Cup champion. Dansbury Trasher. And now working on the NHL Network and the Pittsburgh Penguins broadcast there in Seattle. 
That's actually the Oilers' next opponent. So we'll talk a little Pittsburgh Penguins, look around the NHL, and uh, also Mark Spector at 5 o'clock, and Kelly Rudy. Just confirmed. You you said you like him, Duke, on the Sportsnet broadcast. Well, Kelly Rudy will be by at 520. They're retiring Mika Kiprasov's old number 34. Tomorrow night. Yeah. Or Saturday night. I what? saw online, and I you tell me, and texters, you tell me as well, there was a lot of mutual respect for, for Kipper. I thought as an Oiler fan, we were like we were cool with Jerome. Jerome and Edmonton fans, at the end of the day, were cool. Are we cool with Miko Kiprasov? I think so. He like he, I don't. There might be a full generation of people now at this point. Here we are in twenty twenty four. Like Mika Kiprasov was one of the best goaltenders in the entire NHL. He was lights out good. And you know, um, you hear the stories and and you know folklore of him like ripping cigs in between periods and stuff. Like he was just like a, a true athlete. Like it, it all came natural to him. Um, athletic as heck in the net. I will say this: as a Ducks fan growing up, I like Mika Kiprasov played well for the Flames. But keep in mind, the Ducks owned the Flames for like twenty straight years. Um, I, no, let's call it fifteen from like the mid early two thousands right up until uh, the end of the Ducks kind of run of of success into the late twenty tens. That Calgary didn't win in Anaheim for like twelve years, and so Kiprasov in net for a lot of that. Um, beat him in the playoffs a uh, couple times. Well, Kippersoff once for sure. So, I, like Kippersoff was really good. I like as an I won't speak on the half of his fans because I didn't grow up one. I don't have the same disdain for the likes of the Dallas Stars and um, I don't know who else. I don't like the Flames, but they've still been a division rival of Anaheim's, so it's it's still warranted. So I won't speak on that. I'd like to hear from the texters though. Like, does Mika Kippersoff get a pass like Jerome Ginla? To me, no. You don't think so? No, it was uh, imitation. Tom says that the day Kipper retired, it was a celebratory day in Edmonton. Like he, he wasn't. I didn't dislike him, but I, I don't like him the way that I liked Jerome Ginla. Okay, this is the one that's coming in here. This comes in from B. It's a bit of a a paragraph, so bear with me. Serious question. I constantly hear the growing the game in the states argument all the time, but I would really like to know how that benefits us in Canada as fans. Why would we care about that at all? We already have three-fourths of the teams in the NHL, or they already do, sorry, and we have to pay players in the U.S. dollar while the Oilers receive gate revenue anyways in Canadian dollars. I've never understood why we would care about growing the game in the United States. That would only benefit the smaller markets down there. They always want to expand as well, which I don't think is a good idea, but in a worst-case scenario, and we cut the teams down to, let's say, 16, what would be the negative? The players getting paid a little bit less and the less prices may be going down. That would be awful. Thanks for letting me rant. B, I mean, I just think of it this way. Like, you you look at how much money the owners are making in other leagues and how much they're able to pay their players. By growing the game in the United States, you know, you're attracting TV deals, you're attracting sponsors, you're just attracting money. And that's, to me, what it is. It's cool to have, I think... Stories like Austin Matthews. If he doesn't get play hockey because of the Coyotes programs, maybe he doesn't ever play in the NHL. How many young kids in California or in the States wanted to be hockey players because of Wayne Gretzky going to the LA Kings? That would be my argument. Like, I think there's money there, and I think there's growing the game at that level. We've seen the United States, you know, in the last 25 years really come on at the international level. I mean, that's how I look at it. Uh, I'll be honest. This text from B just comes off as like sour grapes to me that 
Canada hasn't won a Stanley Cup in so long. And yeah, we only have seven teams compared to, um, what would that make it, 24 for them? No, wait. That doesn't add up. 32 teams? <laughs> yeah, 25 teams for them. Um, are you familiar with the expression, a rising tide lifts all boats? I've heard it. Because that is basically what B is arguing against. That like, yeah, let's just cut half the American teams um, that don't make any money. But like some of these teams are in major metropolitan areas with large amounts of population. So growing the game is good for that team, which in terms is or in, in lieu is good for the league, which is then in turn good for the Canadian teams. Canadian teams are a disadvantage because of everything B listed about the, the American dollar um, tax rates up here. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, California's tax rate <laughs> pretty well just as bad as, as it is in Canada, right? Like they're, they're not, they're not living in Texas and um, in California or uh, Florida, pardon me. So I, I don't, I don't see why we, you don't have to like champion it growing the game in the States, but I also don't understand the take of like being against it like trying to shrink the growth of the game in the States, which is kind of what B's text is coming off as. So um, if I misinterpret that, my bad. But like, once again, it is like the easiest way to explain that is rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, I mean, I, I would never argue against it. I think it it's cool. I mean, it's a great game. We want it to get popularity around the world. I mean, how many non-hockey fans do you see kind of pop up on social media and just like, holy cow, this is amazing. Once they get a chance to watch it, but the NHL, in my opinion, still could take some lessons from other sports and, you know, growing the players, growing the game in certain parts. We'll see if they ever do it. Yeah. No. I, I, I agree what you uh, what you said there, Connor. Imitation Tom says, I don't know if he knows this, but they profit share in the NHL. Growing the game in America helps everyone's dollar. Yeg Bud says, boo the states. We don't need them. Oh, I think we do. I think we do need them. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> uh, Northside. Nikki Northside says, dynasty-wise, would you trade Jamar Chase for the picks to take Marvin Harrison Jr. and some other picks. Jamar Chase is proven with Joe Burrow, if he can stay healthy. Heard that they're getting a new stadium or putting a new turf on it, Ooh. and it's the same turf as the MetLife Met turf. Oh, good. So Joe Burrow's knees might be done. Anyways, I think Marvin Harrison, if you're going to make that trade, wait to see where he ends up. 100%. He took the words right out of my mouth. Like There is no rush in making trades right now in your dynasty or keeper fantasy football leagues we don't know where these guys are playing yet and that is so impactful on their outlook as rookies like if tank dell was drafted to the Bengals or another team with a very deep wide receiver core do you think he would have had the the standout season that he did no like look for a team with opportunity for the for the younger players a team with like for receiver's sake, a good quarterback or a rookie quarterback. Do they have good receivers that will make it easier on them? A good safety valve tight end, good run game. Like all these things matter. So am I going to totally write off this notion of acquiring uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.? No. Generational talent by all accounts. Arguably the best player in the draft. Won't go first because of, you know, quarterback league, et cetera, et cetera. That the bias. The bias. <laughs> quarterback, quarterback bias. But no, just wait and see. Wait until see where he gets drafted and then maybe loop back around on this and then reevaluate. Because I don't think the, the price to trade isn't going to change. No, L. Nate says he's coming to the Patriots. Don't draft him. His career is already over. 
Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi just slinging it out to him. I mean, he there's he, a, there's a report I saw this morning that the Patriots are staying at three and they're taking a quarterback. They should. I would. They, I think they'd be silly not to. But I mean, he could have a career. Sorry to, sorry to do this to you, Duke, but like Andre Johnson or Larry Fitzgerald, where even if the quarterback play isn't elite, he's so good. You just get the ball in his hands and he'll make plays. Athletes are athletes, man. Put and, in, and when you're in that tier, that caliber, yeah, you make it happen no matter who's throwing you the ball. But if the quarterback can put it in his vicinity, he's going to get it. That's that's what I think. <laughs> Screw it. Andre down there somewhere. But also, Yoink. maybe... Maybe I'd pass on him. He might be a bust. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's a bust, uh, but the Chargers would be wise to take him at five, right? If if the cards are listing, there's some big bust upside there. Big potential busts. I'd be worried about it. Well, we'll hand things over to the Lowdown Flow Tide right now. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Appreciate it. As always, for Brandon Douglas, I am Connor Halley. Lowdown Flow Tide is up next. But first, an update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc's Bruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.